Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide 
that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As the countdown continues, the 2023 college football season, we're talking SEC football with host of that SEC podcast, Michael Bratton, or simply known by the masses as SEC Mike. He joins the show once again. And Mike, let me say first things first, appreciate you taking the time. It was a pleasure to meet both you and cousin Shane at SEC Media Days, my friend. How you doing? Yeah, that was the rare opportunity to meet cousin Shane he don't leave the house very often he doesn't do interviews outside of media days so uh that must have been a real honor for you to meet cousin Shane <laughs> it was and also the appearance on fine bomb seeing him in the background there kinda, <laughs> that, that was incredible man I know you guys enjoyed that I never never in my life Chris that I think we'd ever get him on fine bomb because I've <laughs> hell I could have got him on set but he he's scared to death I'm, I'm surprised it it for anybody that missed it, Paul's literally is waving Cousin Shane over. He said, just come over here, stand over here. And that's the only way, because we'll do whatever Paul asks us to do. You know what? So, yeah, I mean, that there were many highlights of media days, but that topped the list for sure. And again, Mike, it was a pleasure to meet you and Cousin Shane and the fact that you and I had done work together, appeared on each other's shows, and again, to shake your hand and talk ball was truly a blessing. And I appreciate you guys, by the way, having me on your airwaves at SEC Media Days. You guys, I mean, the content, I like to say, content bleeding out of the eyeballs. You guys were all over that because I think you're still dropping interviews from that week. So everybody tuned in. Be sure to check it out. Let's talk some SEC football, though, Mike. We're going to talk the entire SEC. We'll circle this thing back with the Gamecocks, of course, later in the show. But I want to start in the SEC West, and I'm going through kind of your picks, your predictions, and just the lay of the land, if you will. We'll start at the bottom. I think the West is fascinating when you factor in, you know, some of the storylines, but really just kind of these programs, and it feels like a lot of programs that, Mike, are really similar to each other. Like when you look at Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, Mississippi State, I mean, you've got a new head coach in there. you got two new head coaches with, unfortunately, you know, the passing of Mike Leach and then Auburn getting rid of Harson and moving on and picking up Hugh Freeze. You know, a big year for Sam Pittman. We all know Lane Kiffin. He's an electric factory. Every time he takes the podiums and his teams are pretty good. But those teams feel all really similar. And those feel like a group of teams. I could give you reasons why they'll go nine and three. I could give you reasons why they go six and six. You've got Mississippi State seven. You got Ole Miss fourth, Arkansas fifth, Auburn six. But how do you make sense of that group? Because it really feels like you could tell me four through seven in any order, and I think you could justify it. Yeah, and you could throw A and M in there too. Because if they're as awful as they were last year, they're going to be dead last again. But uh, I mean, I, you could easily convince me to throw them in there. But I, I we'll get to them, I assume. But uh, I, I think a little bit more of them just based on their overall talent. But yeah, I mean, it is, it's a muddled mess 
And that's why we love SEC football because we I got Mississippi State fans out out here. They're staring me in the face saying we're going to go five and one to open the season, which would mean you're going to beat either a top three Alabama. Which you do get them at home. I mean, we talk ourselves into all these wins or beating LSU, which is going to be top five. Again, it's at home. So I think they're looking at it saying, well, we can split that. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Okay. And I know you're on record. You think Mississippi State can beat South Carolina, but uh, I think even you would admit that would be an upset. So I, I certainly am not saying that it's inconceivable that Mississippi State can beat South Carolina in williams Bryce. I just – I think it's unlikely. So, I mean, these are the landmines we're talking. And don't forget, they got a, a, a game against Arizona. So – the reason I put Mississippi State last is not, you know, they just think they disrespect. Nobody respects Mississippi State. My favorite thing about, I mean, each fan base has got their own kind of unique quirks, right? Mississippi State fans have convinced themselves that everybody hates them, that I just pick them seventh in the West every year. I've been doing that. I've been covering the SEC since 2014. This is the second time, so almost 10 years, second time I've voted Mississippi State seventh. So it's not every time, but yeah, when your coach dies tragically and you're blowing up that entire side of the ball, yes, they're bringing back a ton of experience, but look at it this way, Chris. Will Rogers, who in high school played the Mike Leach air raid, his father was a, was an offensive coordinator. They tailored it after the, the air raid of Mike Leach, which is wild to think about. He has never in his football life went under center he's never played with his back to the defense and that's just one example but as good as will rogers can be and i think he's a top five quarterback in the sec you cannot convince me that there's not going to be an adjustment period there and yes you do get eight home games but like i said two of them are alabama and lsu so uh just you know good luck with that auburn we're already seeing the hugh freeze effect on the recruiting trail and you know, I really do think Hugh Freeze is overrated as a head coach. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying they're going to win the national championship under him or anything, but what he really is, he's Gus Malzahn with baggage, which means you could have a great season, you could have a bad season. I mean, he left Ole Miss. Not a, pe- not a lot of people realize this, Chris. He had a, he's got a losing record as an SEC head coach, and people think that means vacated wins. No, no vacated wins. He's, I believe the record's 19-21. and 21. Now, he was at Ole Miss. It was a disaster when he got there. So I'm not saying he's an awful coach, but he, everybody says, well, he's beat Nick Saban twice. Well, he's lost to Vanderbilt twice, too. So, I mean, he, he kind of is what he is. I think he'll elevate Auburn, but I don't think he's going to elevate him that much this year. But, again, I could be dead wrong because they're, that's another one. They're, they're basically they, they're bringing back the running back on offense, and every piece around him is someone they added via the transfer portal. And, oh, yeah, the running back, He's currently suspended. So it's I, – I don't know what to make of Auburn, but I, I do have them sixth. Of course, they got to catch Georgia out of the East, so that makes it even more difficult for them. Uh, you mentioned Arkansas. I think K.J. Jefferson, in my opinion, best quarterback in the SEC, top three quarterback in the country. Rocket Sanders, probably the at worst second best running back in the SEC. A lot of pieces to like. Uh, transition there, though, on offense and defensive coordinator – that's going to be kind of difficult, too, I think. So uh, I, I think Arkansas could really surprise people. I, I overrated them a year ago. I, th- I may be underrating them now, putting them uh, fourth in the SEC West. And then I got Ole Miss right there. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of on an island here. I think Jackson Dart, year two 
under Lane Kiffin. Jenkins, I think he is the best running back in the SEC, maybe the country. Got to have him to, to hand the ball off to. And uh, I don't think people that don't follow this stuff that closely, I don't think they realize that Lane Kiffin now is, you know, he, he has built a, a running machine over there. That Ole Miss is either one or two in SEC rushing every year he's been there. So they know how to run the ball. I think they're going to be very great on offense. And I love the addition of Pete Golding on defense. I realize Alabama fans were ready to get rid of Pete Golding, but it's because they had a top 10 defense and not top two defense. You know what I mean? So I don't think he's going to bring a top 10 defense to Ole Miss overnight or anything, but he's a significant upgrade over what they've had. Uh, the problem for Ole Miss, though, they, they catch Georgia out of the East as well. So this is the final year, thankfully, of divisional play, which kind of creates these unbalanced schedules. So, again, you could talk me out of Ole Miss 6th, 7th, because they do catch Georgia, because they do get Alabama, LSU, on and on and on. They have to go to Mississippi State. I mean, it's it's not going to be easy for anyone over there. Mike, of the teams we just mentioned, we love to talk trajectory of these teams, right, in the SEC. And you've mentioned, like, you know, which team not named Georgia, LSU, or Alabama. Who's, who's going to win the SEC? I'll ask you this. Of Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, Mississippi State, and I would have said Auburn in this regard because of the Hugh Freeze effect, because of the way he's recruiting and just, you know, the amount of winning he's done in his tenure, but you may have convinced me otherwise. But if you had to pick one of those programs, who would you say is in the best shape to, let's say, in three or four years, elevate their status in the SEC? Like, who's on the best path of all those teams, four through seven in the West? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, I mean, I... I could see a lot of people saying Auburn, but I want to actually see them on the field before I... I think that's the easy answer. I think that's right. the easy answer. I, I think the correct answer right now is Ole Miss. And I'll tell you why. Because because of Lane Kiffin, they have a GM there, like an NFL franchise, and they are clearly doing it differently in the transfer portal and bringing in you know, 25, 30 guys a year in the, via the transfer portal. Lane Kiffin, one of the smartest things he said between all his complaining and bitching about this and that and NIL. But one of the smartest things he said is, you know, they look for productive college players that want to transfer in, and they're kind of stuck once they transfer because 
with the one-time waiver, you know, you can bring in all this talent, but they'll, unless they get a waiver, they're going to have to sit out if they want to transfer again. So it's smart. Every quarterback on his roster is like that. <laughs> Jackson Dart from Southern Cal, uh, Walker Howard from LSU, Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State. I mean, yeah, I mean, all, all these guys could up and decide to leave. I don't think they're eligible anywhere if they want to just leave now. So you see what he's doing there. And I think at a program like Ole Miss, where you're not going to beat Alabama, A&M, Georgia, LSU on the recruiting trail, you got to do it a little bit differently. There's no telling if this is going to work or not, but uh, I like the fact that he's thinking outside the box, trying something different, because I think at a, at a place like Ole Miss, you have to do it different. So uh, I think my answer would be Ole Miss. Mike, let's talk top of the SEC West, and I want to get to this stuff with Alabama, because I, I thought I had a pretty – quote-unquote, hot take when I picked. I'm picking Alabama to go 9-3 and three this season, LSU to win the SEC West. My friend, you've got Alabama finishing third in the West. You left Paul Feinbaum speechless, which is not an easy thing to do. Texas A&M second, LSU first. I think the LSU one, again, that's my pick in the SEC West as well. I think they're loaded across the board. I think they're ready under Brian Kelly to take that next step, although they may not have the depth of an Alabama or Georgia. I think they are on that level and will win the SEC West. Texas A&M on paper, I mean, you look at the recruiting classes, you look at all the returning experience. You guys talk about that a lot, what they have coming back. I agree with you. There's no excuse they shouldn't win eight or more games, eight being the floor when you have the level of talent they have. But Alabama third. Again, talk about that because I think people are going to look at that and you know, be stunned to see the Crimson Tide, you know, not even fighting with LSU to win the SEC West. Talk about your top of the SEC West projections and why you went the order you did with LSU, A&M, and Bama. Well, first of all, let me say congratulations to Alabama, the next national champion, because if I'm sitting here <laughs> throwing dirt on your grave, that you know, that's that's a bad sign uh, for people that are they're over Alabama, because that, that probably means they're going to bounce back, probably go undefeated and just beat the hell out of everybody, but I'm out on Nick Saban. I mean, he's the greatest of all time. People think when you say something bad about him, you're you're disrespecting his legacy or whatever. But, yeah, Chris, I mean, I don't know how closely your audience is watching these Alabama games, but, I mean, it's just mistake after mistake. I mean, we're talking record-setting. I think they set the record three different times last year for most penalties Alabama's ever had in a football game. That's coaching. They had the number one overall pick. They had the number three overall pick last year. They didn't even win the damn division. Uh, critical decisions. Everybody remembers the two-point play LSU beat them on. Well, people forget Nick Saban went for it. Two other two-point conversions, which, which is just asinine. They didn't get either one, and that put LSU in a position to win a game in the, in the fashion they did. Had, had Nick Saban not done that, that game doesn't even go into overtime. Alabama would have won it. Well, what about Tennessee. And I've said this many times, and this is absolutely true. There's not a single player on Tennessee's roster last year that Nick Saban would have taken over one of his own. And people say, well, what about Jalen Hyatt? He could have had Jalen Hyatt. They, they've got 25-star receivers over there. They, they did not want Jalen Hyatt. So you can't tell me that. That was a product of South Carolina fans. Know all, I mean, hell, not even Will Muschamp wanted Jalen Hyatt. I mean, he was not like some five-star number one prospect. That was – Josh Heupel's system kind of helped create that. So you're losing these games you shouldn't. Texas, they should have lost to Texas. Texas A&M was god-awful last year. They probably should have beat them. Came down to a, a final play, and Jimbo 
for some reason called up a, a back shoulder fade on the two yard line. I mean, it's the stupidest play I've ever seen uh, called in my life. So, I mean, all the signs are there. They hired Tommy Reese as offensive coordinator. Give me a break. Uh, their quarterbacks. I mean, I the the drop off from what they've had the last couple of years at quarterback to what they got now is massive. I just think it's you know it's time, and I I think by the end of the season I'll be vindicated, but I probably won't be. But so that so saying all that, that's why I got Alabama all the way down there, and and that's not to say I think they're like eight and four and they're awful. I mean, they'll probably go 10-2, and two, but I think they'll lose to a and I think they'll lose to LSU or maybe Tennessee or maybe even Texas. So, you know, those four teams, I think they'll lose two of them, which will give them that uh, third-place finish. And, and A&M, like you said, they got all the talent in the world. I love the, the hire of Bobby Petrino. I think that's the perfect marriage because clearly Jimbo does not know what the hell he's doing when it comes to play calling anymore. He's sitting over there with his damn – I call it the cheesecake factory menu – over there uh, on the sidelines, he he just he's clueless over there. His system is so vanilla; it's he's just wasting all this talent. He doesn't have to do that anymore. And, and thankfully, let's get him away from the quarterbacks because I know he's billed as this quarterback whisperer, but he's not ha- really had a good one since Jameis Winston. And you can't sell me Kellen Mond because he never got better. He he's basically the same player the entire time under Jimbo. So. Get Bobby Petrino in there. Petrino doesn't have to recruit, doesn't have to do any of the NIL, the boosters. Just call the plays, coach the quarterbacks. Damn near coached Missouri State to a win over Arkansas last year. He still got it. That's a big reason why I believe in, in A&M this year. And LSU, I think they got the two best defensive players in the SEC, Mason Smith and Harold Perkins. They grabbed the best linebacker out of the Pac-12 to put next to Perkins. They had an All-American on the interior defensive line, Makai Wingo, to put next to Mason Smith. I mean, they've got some incredible high-end talent. Jane Daniels won me over last year, and, and Brian Kelly really did too because a lot of people were pretty perplexed when I – I'm picking LSU to win the national championship. People think I'm crazy, but how far that team went from week one when it, it was an absolute joke against Florida State. They For three and a half quarters, they looked completely lost to beating Alabama – to really, I mean, I know they got their ass kicked by Georgia, but they're virtually the only ones that kind of did whatever they wanted to Georgia secondary late in that game. The strides they took was just phenomenal. So you see it with these year two coaches, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, um, who else, Josh Heupel, Lane Kiffin won a record uh, 10 wins at Ole Miss that had never been done. Year two, in, in year two, you see these great coaches have their imprint on this programs. And I think LSU, I think that's what we're going to get from Brian Kelly. He's been adamant. He came down here to win a national championship. I think they get it uh, a little bit sooner than expected. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. 
It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs Up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs Up, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P or S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And, Mike, I thought it was so fascinating at SEC Media Days, and, of course, we take the – the media predicted order of finish with a grain of salt because of things like Vanderbilt getting eight votes to win the SEC. But I I thought it was fascinating that Alabama was the pick by the media versus LSU because, again, I agree with you, Mike, on paper. I mean, I I think it's a no-brainer. LSU's the better team. Alabama has question marks where you can't afford to have them specifically at the quarterback position, yet the Crimson Tide of the pick. And it just screamed to me that, People are still giving Nick Saban the benefit of the doubt. And I respect the hell out of your opinion, by the way, because you never see the downfall coming. It's only after the fact that people look back and say, oh, that was the beginning of the end. You're getting out ahead of it. But, I mean, what did it say to you that the media went with Alabama? Because that kind of surprised me. It was just people are stupid. I mean, I mean the fact, <laughs> like you said, Vanderbilt got eight votes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's totally irrelevant. And – uh, you know, I got respect for people's opinion as well, but I, I kind of wish they would change the way they did the voting. And it, this would be kind of weird, but I've always said, like, people that cover South Carolina, they probably could not tell you much about Auburn's roster, right? And people that cover Georgia, they probably couldn't tell you much about A&M's roster and, and on and on. So I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I think it'd be kind of cool if they just had whatever team you cover, that's the only team you could vote for. So all the South Carolina writers, you know, poll them. Where do they think South Carolina will finish in the East? I think that would give you a, a far more accurate media poll at the end, if that makes sense. And and again, I I just think there's there's some old timers there, man. And and the voting is done digitally. And I think eight of them meant to do Vanderbilt last, and they put them first. I mean, that's the that's the only explanation I can come up with. And I think that's fair, Mike, for sure. I think you hit on some great points there. And I, I would also like to point out, Mike, that I know South Carolina got one vote to win the SEC title. I would like to go out there and say I was not the one that uh, voted for the Gamecocks, <laughs> just, just FYI. Uh, anyways, moving to the SEC East, Mike, speaking of that, 
you know, you've got Vandy in the seven spot, which I know we all love what Clark Lee is doing, but that feels fair. I know you're out on Florida, and I'm the same way. I actually picked him to go five and seven. I think that five and a half number, I, I just – Graham Mertz at quarterback. The schedule is brutal. It gets even more brutal next year, of course, as we pointed out. You got the Gamecocks fifth, Mizzou fourth, Kentucky third, Tennessee second, Georgia first. We'll skip over South Carolina for now. You know, Missouri to me is a really interesting team because all the returning experience, especially on that defense that was so great. If they figure out the quarterback thing with Brady Cook and they get the best version of him, whatever that is, they've got a real chance to have a really good season. And then Kentucky – Mike was a team that I left SEC media days feeling better about. Like, I'm stock up on Kentucky. When you look at their offensive side of the football, especially the addition of Devin Leary, Liam Cohen, you guys have talked about that a lot. I think that could be a perfect marriage. I mean, people forget that Devin Leary, there was a Heisman campaign for him being run by NC State going into last season, right? And the injuries hit, of course. Best crop of receivers they've ever had. They addressed their needs in the portal on the offensive line, adding a couple of key pieces there. They're deep at tight end. Um, you know, I I could see Kentucky being that splash surprise team, eight or nine wins this season. The SEC East, I say all that to say, Mike, the East is kind of like the West in the sense of there are three or four teams that I could convince you they're going to go eight and four, nine and three, or things could go sideways and they go five and seven or six and six. So, you know, I'll give it over to you. I mean, how do you, how do you view the SEC East with obviously Georgia one, Vandy seven, the rest of it kind of feels like who knows at this point. Yeah, and one thing you didn't reference with Kentucky, I think they got the best defensive coordinator in the league in Brad White. Now, in fairness, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird year for defensive coordinators. It, it seems like, you know, Kirby and Nick obviously, but they're they're obviously head coaches. Uh, so, but I think that's that's underutilized. I mean, I think Kentucky they never have the best players on defense, yet their defense is always tough and physical. Um, and for whatever reason, I mean, they typically play Georgia better than anybody out of the East. So for whatever reason, I don't know what that is. Now they do catch Alabama out of the West. It's late in the year. They get them at home. That's when I have circled where hell Alabama struggles on the road for whatever reason. And I know people like to mock Lexington and all that, but you better believe if Kentucky's like six and one or something crazy like that, that, I mean, that house, that, that place Kroger field, as they call it there. I mean, it's, it's going to be wild up there. They're finally allowing beer sales up there. Thank God. So, uh, I mean, not that the fans weren't already drunker as hell, you know, with all that bourbon up there. But I think that's going to make for a wild, wild environment. And I'm not predicting they beat Alabama, but that's one where I certainly think they can give them a run for their money. So, yeah, I'm absolutely high on Kentucky. Uh, Tennessee, for sure. I mean, expectations are a wild thing, man. I'm I'm not bought in on Joe Milton like a lot of people are. I'm not out on him either, but just kind of wait and see. If if he was playing for anybody other than Josh Heupel, I think I probably would be out on him. It's it's more about the pieces around him. I think Tennessee's going to be really good at receiver and running back. Offensive line, a question mark. But to me, it's all about Josh Heupel. I think he's – and it's not even just me saying it. My buddy Dave Bar 2, CFB Matrix, he's – he is employed to help these all these uh at every level of FBS and FCS level he's got people that pay him to help with coach staffings Josh Heupel's a top 10 coach in the country according to Dave Bart too so uh I mean he, he's elite so I, th- I think the offense will be fine for Tennessee I think that defense continues to get better 
I don't think people realize how awful the situation Heupel inherited with, with 30 guys jumping into the portal when they did. And it's not – I mean, it was a train wreck against South Carolina, but the defense won them the LSU game, the Pitt game, the Kentucky game against Will Levis, who allegedly was number one overall pick, some people were saying. They, they made him look like he wasn't even a damn draft pick. So uh, the defense has won them some big games. They're, they're not – as awful as they showed against South Carolina. So I think I, I firmly have Tennessee in the second spot uh, with Kentucky right behind them. But, yeah, I, I agree with you with, with Missouri as well. They're an interesting team. I think their schedule lines up so well that they could be 5-0 and when LSU comes to town. But it's also set some unrealistic expectations because Missouri fans, hell, they think they're beating LSU. They think they're going to beat Kansas State which they might. They might be Kansas State. I don't think they'll beat LSU, but, uh, I mean, the expectation is like 5-1 and one at worst. And we've seen this before at, at many schools where things line up well and your team may not be ready to handle the expectation. What if they go 3-3 three and three right out the gate? I mean, Eli will be as good as fired, I think, or, or God forbid 2-4 and four or something like that because they, they do play Memphis in St. Louis. You know, I mean, not that – they should be losing games like that, but those are games Missouri's lost in the past. So Missouri feels like one where they could be legit or it could be just an entire house built on cards, so to speak, and, and, and you just pull one out and the whole damn thing comes out. Uh, losing Dominic, love it. I th- that could kill him this year, who's who's obviously now at Georgia. So uh, anyone else I'm missing? I, I can't even remember. Florida? Florida? I was going to say this, Mike, that I feel like Eli Drinkwitz is the Jeff Fisher of college football where he just goes 500 every single year and somehow keeps a job and just keep, he got that yeah. extension, which I know you said is not worth the paper it's written on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you're out on the Florida Gators, too. I, I'll let you, you know, expand. I, I know Graham Mertz ranked 14th in the SEC. It's funny. I had a Florida guy on. They They thought that was comical. That was disrespectful. But, I mean. I think where, it's fair. Where they put him thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're we're splitting hairs, right? For sure. We're yeah. Split- what the hell are we talking about here? We're so hairs when it comes to merch. They what did they go? They went six and seven last year. They had the number four overall pick at quarterback. I mean, is Graham Mertz better than Anthony Richardson? Surely to God, he's not. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, we would have heard more about him. Uh, what he did at Wisconsin, but you know, I've almost done like a complete one eighty. I'm trying to. I get hyped for all these teams. If they come out and they beat Utah, I'm sitting here looking at their schedule. Yeah, there's Tennessee, there's Kentucky. But aside from Kentucky, all the next five, I think, are all at home, mm-hmm. including Tennessee, which is not one down there since 2003. I mean, this is not like Tennessee owns Florida or something like that. I think if Florida can beat uh, Utah in the opener, which that's, that's a big ask. I think they're an eight-point underdog right now, and it sounds like Utah's quarterback, Cam Rising, is going to be good to go, which is a bad sign for, for the Gators. But if they find a way to win that game, I don't know, man. I could see I could see lightning striking or something, and they, they could be 5-1 and one right out the gate with the only loss coming at Kentucky, which Billy Napier better beat Kentucky sooner rather than later because, I mean, Florida fans are not going to put up with uh, – I think Kentucky's beat them three out of four now after beating them like 31, 32 years in a row. So I've kind of done a 180 on Florida, but if they come out in the opener and they drop an egg, yeah, <laughs> they're probably going three and three, two and four right out the gate, and they're going to be as awful as I as – I, I mean, I just talk myself into circles, just talking SEC football for <laughs> an hour, an hour and a half every single day. But, 
yeah, there's there's a lot of things to be worried about with Florida. Uh, but I think the perception of that program will be different had they beaten Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. We could say that about every team, though. If, 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 if this didn't happen, if that didn't happen, they – I, I just think the perception will be different. And, you know, just look at Kirby Smart, Nick Saban. I mean, they had some ugly, ugly losses year one. And it's probably unfair to Billy Napier to compare him to arguably the two best SEC coaches in the last 30 years. But, you know, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying year two. We we see a jump with good coaches. And if Billy Napier is a good coach, which he had an incredible record at Louisiana, but that that doesn't mean much in the SEC. But if he's a really good coach, I mean, seven to eight wins is not inconceivable, but I, I certainly am not betting on that. Mike, let's talk Georgia really quickly, and then we'll get into South Carolina. You've got LSU beating them in the SEC title game, but the fact that we're even talking about the Dogs winning a third straight national title and they're the favorite it speaks to the greatness of, of Kirby smart, at least early on. Right. But what he's doing at George, I mean, they are a machine down there in Athens, your thoughts on the dogs this year. And what do you think holds them back from winning the sec? Do you think maybe Carson Beck isn't as good as advertised? You got to replace both tackles. You got a new OC. So, I mean, there are question marks for George and I thought Kirby smart, um, you know, I was surprised he wasn't pressed a little bit more at media days about some of the off-field stuff. But, I mean, they're off football, whatever. They don't care. Neither do the fans. But when you look at Georgia, it doesn't sound like you're – you know, most people are just saying, okay, Georgia, national title, done. It seems like for you, you got LSU winning it all. So what do you think holds Georgia back from doing it for the third straight season? Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, those those points you hit are pretty critical. Quarterback, offensive tackle, and offensive coordinator. I mean, that that's that's an issue. Um, I think Darnell Washington. I think losing him. I think that's that's significantly underrated because he was just such a freak. I mean, he he literally was an offensive tackle, a third offensive tackle that they could put on the field at any point. And oh yeah, he could jump over a linebacker. I mean. He was just insane. And I, I realized he didn't put up crazy stats because they didn't need him to, but he was paramount to their success in the run game. And really, I mean, I, I've talked to enough people that know that program really well. And the key to their success, and I don't think this is like breaking news or anything, but in crucial matchups, Ohio State, Alabama, games like that, and Tennessee last year, it was Jalen Carter. They don't have another Jalen Carter because, quite frankly, no one does. And now they got great players. I'm not sitting here saying they don't. But, I mean, he had he had his head screwed on right and was not involved in that accident and didn't get out of shape, he was probably the first overall pick 
Well, maybe not after Bryce. It would have been probably number two overall pick. I mean, he's that elite of a talent. Uh, Jalen Carter was, and and I just I think that's going to be something that Georgia really misses this year. And they're breaking in a lot of new pass rushers. So you're talking a, a generational interior disruptor. You're talking a lot of inexperience at offensive linebacker, pass rusher. Again, they're probably going to have the best defense in the country. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like picking at tiny scabs here, but there's reasons to, to doubt Georgia. And when I say doubt Georgia, I'm saying for the national championship because I don't think anybody's beaten them in the regular season. Uh, but we've seen this before. I mean, two years ago, they, they virtually went untested, and then Alabama punched them in the mouth. They weren't ready for it. And, you know, similar thing to Alabama a couple of years ago. They, when they were going for three for three, they didn't really get tested till the kick six. And, and that's another thing. Georgia's caught a, a hell of a lot of breaks. And I'm not saying they're lucky because they, they have been the best team the last two years. But they needed breaks even then to win national championships. And will they catch all those breaks for the third year in a row? Just the odds say it's, it's not going to happen. To your point, Mike, it hasn't happened in over 90 years, almost 100 years since the last – three consecutive national championship program. Finally, Mike, appreciate you taking the time. SEC Mike, Michael Bratton, that SEC podcast. Check him out on social media. Check out the podcast. Drops daily. The South Carolina Gamecocks. You ranked, by the way, Spencer Rattler ninth in your postseason quarterback rankings where you think they'll fall, which is very important disclaimer, by the way. I know you caught a bunch of hell for that. And I'll say this. I think it's fair, Mike. I, I think that rating is based off of if you think it's going to be another up and down, inconsistent season for Rattler, which it very well could when you factor in the offensive line. But when you look at this Gamecocks football team, one of the hottest teams down the stretch last year, beat Tennessee, of course, beat Clemson, eight-win season for Shane Beamer in year two. Now there are real expectations. You have Juice Wells on the outside returning. You know, you went to the portal and got Trey Knox. Running back's a huge question mark. Offensive line's a big question mark. Defensive line is a big question mark. When you view this football team, and I'll tell you this, Mike, I've got South Carolina at 7-5, and 4-4 four and four in SEC play. I think South Carolina was actually slightly better last year, but I think they do have a better OC this year. So maybe that balances itself out. Defense could be a little bit shaky early on, especially you face some pass-happy offenses. What do you make of the Gamecocks in year three of Shane Beamer? Well, let me ask you this before I answer. Why do you think Dow Loggins is an upgrade? Well, I think because nobody can be worse than Marcus Satterfield. So that's not a great reason. This, right. is all, this is all you have to go off of. Is he worse than Sat? Well, most fans say he can't be. The other thing is based off of what they've said in press conferences, that they're going to simplify, do what they did at the end of last season. But to your point, that's lip service. So, I mean, listen, Mike, you know as well as I do, and you know my stance, that I, I've questioned the hire probably more than anyone in the Gamecock space. And I think it's nothing short of a huge question mark. And to your point you made to me at SEC Media Days, that doesn't mean that it'll work out negatively. It doesn't mean it'll work out positively. It's just a question mark when you look at the resume. Yeah, so, I mean, I just have – I got nothing to go off of with him. I mean, I've he's never called a play in college football. Now, he's done it in the NFL, and that, that didn't go so well. But, hell, neither did Joe Brady. Neither did Liam Cohen. And, I mean, they were catalysts for – you know, two of the best seasons of those. Obviously, LSU, I'm talking about, won the championship. Kentucky uh, won 10 games. So, I mean, maybe he's the next guy like that, but I I can't just take a leap of faith and say that 
you know, he's the next one of those guys. And I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying he's awful, but I'm what I'm saying is I got nothing to go off of. So I don't, I can't have any confidence in the offensive coordinator one way or another, aside from, like he said, he was great in a press conference, but uh, <laughs> Chad Morris was good in the press conference too. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's, that that's nothing. And then to me, you know, you kind of are who you are after I've watched you play for three years in college football. I mean, there's there's not a lot of guys that I, after three years of, of me watching them and then the fourth year something crazy happens and they and they go one way or another. And that's that's kind of where I'm at with Spencer Rattler. And you could check, man, when he was coming into the to South Carolina a year ago. I mean, I have tweet after tweet, podcast after podcast, singing the guy's praises because I I loved what he did at Oklahoma, but. It didn't translate. Now, late in the season, it certainly did. But I think that's overlooking pick six against Clemson. He had a really bad interception in the end zone against Clemson. I mean, so even in the, these games, we're saying, well, they turned it around. Well, he's, I mean, he made some plays. We have to give him credit. But he also, he put him in a bad spot. You know what I mean? So it's, I don't know. I mean, it's that one Tennessee game. Is he that guy? Or is he the guy that was the other 10 games? where I just pulled up a guy's tweets just the other day where he's saying, God, we got to bench this damn guy. I mean, just watch the Missouri game. Is, is he that guy? Is he, is he the Tennessee guy? I don't know. But I think people are underrating. I, I, I don't know where people keep getting this from. People keep saying the SEC's down at quarterback. I think the fact that I got Rattler ninth in the SEC is an indication of how strong the SEC is that quarterback. So I, I get it. People are going to take issue with that, and they think Rattler's awesome. That, that's fine. I, I hope he is. And I hope, you know, I'm going to get a lot of grief, and I'm going to have a lot of fun retweeting all the Gamecock fans tell me what a dumbass I am because I already know it. You know what I mean? So I will take offense to none of that. But, I mean, I love Juice Wells, number one receiver in the SEC, in my opinion. But who who we got else besides that? I mean, I, I know they're they're hyping up Trey Knox. He's a fine player, but I mean Arkansas. I think the the team certainly wanted him back, but the fans were. I mean, they no no sleep loss losing losing him. I mean, he was not that great. Uh, Nicholas Harbor, very high expectations, but how realistic is it for a true freshman to come in and, and dominate? fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put lifelock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss plus with a u.s-based restoration specialist on your team you won't have to face drained accounts fraudulent loans or other losses from identity theft alone all backed by the lifelock million dollar protection package change the game on identity theft save up to 25 percent your first year at lifelock.com aware